Welcome to About You, I'm Connie Hogan. Well, the show today is going to be more focused on news you can use. Of course, featuring a very successful, prominent woman in our community. Jill Gleba is the founder and president of Gleba & Associates, which she founded way back in 1985. But most recently, she has written a book, which I have. It's called Uncommon Sense, Stories About Saving, Investing, and Everything in Between. And we're going to talk of a lot of the stories she has in there. It's really interesting. And she's kind of built her business and then um, written a book kind of on her experiences in life, many experiences. And most recently, she was honored. She doesn't want me to tell you, but she was honored in Orlando as from um, Enterprising Women magazine. And she was one of the women of the year for Enterprising Women. Jill Gleva, welcome. Hi, how are you? Don't ya? kill me. Don't be mad. No. <laughs> No. You've earned it. We were just saying we've right. earned we all earned of our, our accolades, it. right? And you yeah. have so many. So, Jill, uh, I always like to start with kind of the beginning, in the beginning. So you went to Wayne State or was it Wayne? I went or? to Wayne State, <coughs> paid for my college, worked full-time, went to school full-time. Wow. I wish I had the football experience and that type of thing. but I had enough for both of us at Notre Dame. Did so. you? Couldn't afford it. You know, so I just worked through college and then I thought I wanted to be a profiler. So I had psychology and criminal justice. Oh, wow. Went on I didn't to do know my that. master's. Wow. And um, the experience of um, the probation and working in criminal justice was kind of nasty. Really? So, and disturbing, and disturbing. Yeah. So I came home one day and I said to my husband, uh, he said, do you, he actually said to me, do you really want this kind of life? And I said, okay. no, I don't. Um, I'll have to think of something else. And it, it was upsetting because I was already halfway through a master's at oh, Eastern wow. Michigan. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I was on some wait list with U of M. But I um, then decided, this is funny. I'm at home and I'm upset thinking, what am I going to do now because I was so focused. And we got some letters in the mail. They were to my husband because this is in the 80s. And they asked him if he wanted to be a financial planner. So I called up three companies and said, you know, I received a letter at home. Mm -hmm. So I didn't lie mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it, the letter wasn't for me. And I said, could I come in and interview? And the next thing you know, they're all fighting over me because there's no females in the business. Right. And so I ended up with Prudential where I got trained. And there were oh, 65 okay. associates and there was two females. Wow. Now that would have been like mid-80s, early? That was 85. Yeah. Because that's when I first licensed That's kind of when and, I was starting with GM, yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. So you, you remember, it was just kind of... Um, it was. I mean, it's interesting because I don't think that we were the first wave, but we were certainly among the first waves. And I was one of the first girls at Notre Dame. That's always my claim to fame. Oh, really? Not the very first. I always say, it's not, I'm no more, but not that old. But, it, but um, no, no, maybe I, it was like the fifth or sixth year graduates. And uh, then in General Motors... You know, GM really, I guess I would say, GM and Ford, I work for Ford too, they had more women <clears throat> than you would think, I mm -hmm. think. You know, but it was, you're kind of trailblazing. You really were tra kind of trailblazing. There were, yeah, I was a young female. There was an older female there. That was back in the day that the men thought I was stealing their job. But our job at oh, Prudential right, yeah. was pure commission. Right, yeah. So, so those you're are starting hard. your own book. I remember they said, you need 100 names of people to call. Well, we didn't grow up with money. I had nobody to call. So I started with the phone book. Wow. And I actually no kidding. would wow. get in the legal news. So cold calls. I cold called. I, okay. I actually wow. looked in the legal news, and I found people that just had mortgages. They just bought a home. 
because you have to record that legally. And then I would um, literally, this is showing my age, but I had pre-made letters. I typed all the addresses in, folded them, stuffed them, and then made 400 calls a week. And that's how I started my business. So I can kind of see that from my impression of you, because <laughs> that, that, that's really working hard. Yeah, and yeah. that's really what it's about. It's really, as we used to say in GM, getting a piece of paper out the door. Yeah, yes. you could have all the credentials. Believe me, I, I could write a book on this from Notre Dame or wherever, Harvard. And it didn't make any difference if you're no. not moving the needle that they want you to move the needle. Correct. That's all. And yeah. whether it's North uh, Prudential or GM and or it's whoever. pure sales. So yeah, that you know, was think that, about that, that wouldn't be good at that though. That no. would not. Oh my God, no. I'm not no. a good salesperson, but I'm really good at helping people. So when I would meet people, I'd say, you know, I can help you with this and have a conversation with them. And um, to me, it was the psychology actually came in handy because I would yeah. listen to people oh, and what they sure. needed. I'd say, you know, this and this and this might solve your problem. And um, actually, it came pretty easy to me. I, I was quite surprised, actually, that I, I went home after the interview. And um, my husband actually drove me to the interview because he didn't think I'd show up. Because oh I'm like, gosh. I'm not a salesperson. He was, just show up. And I had been investing since I was 12. So I already knew how to invest. I already had that experience. So when I went there, um, I got back in the car and I said to my husband, I said, you know, he goes, geez, you were in there for two hours. I said, I know. And I said, they're going to pay me to talk to people. Can you believe it? <laughs> and I was so happy. Right. And, and really the rest is history because that's what I've done my whole life now. Wow. I haven't had any other job but being a financial advisor. Wow. The hardest part with that, I think, is just getting the audience and getting the conversation going. I would think. Finding customers was the hardest. Thing. Right. Finding them and then getting past that conversation because, you know, I mean, that P, it's like, People used to say about MetLife insurance, nobody wants to talk about life insurance, you know. Yeah, and that's, a, that's even better than this. It's really. true because if, if we're at a party and you're getting tired and you want to clear the room, I could stand up and say, hey, I sell life insurance right. and I, I could clear the room for right. you. <laughs> right? Right. And yeah. here's my card and call me. Yeah. So then, okay, that started and then it was soon after that, though, that you did start Gleba and Associates. Yes. So I was the advisor myself. I left Prudential and then started my own company and um, now were you doing accounting because I thought when I because I knew you for a mutual friend I thought you were the accountant for these people no oh, I misunderstood that that's then. okay a lot yeah. of people confuse con uh, like taxes and accounting with financial planner um, financial planner to me is like a coach for your money right and there's really so, the bottom line and is, no offense but there's so many I mean there's just oh yeah oh, it's like real estate agents more so more so. You're right. Because realtors have to get, of them. Yes. you know, uh, certified or whatever. I think women are about 10% of the population. So mm -hmm. we are different that way. My daughter and um, Moyes are taking over my business. And he's from India and she's female. So we couldn't be more diverse. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> right? yes. Yeah. So then, okay, so then that was, you just really built your business on that. And I know very slowly. Very and slowly. Just build it up. And, and I had um, Michelle when I went solo or, or broke from Prudential. So um, that was kind of interesting because, you know, you're pregnant, you have a baby, and okay, I'm starting my own business. So I actually worked four days a week to build my business. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to be away from the house for that many hours a week. Mm -hmm. And I'd work late Tuesdays and then sometimes uh, another night and then Saturday. So I was mm -hmm. predictable mm -hmm. for my husband. 
but mm -hmm. I always had Wednesdays off to spend with my kids. Mm -hmm. And I didn't answer the phone. I didn't, do, you know. I we had, always have to do, you know, kind of draw boundaries, or especially today with the social media and everything's online. Oh, constant. And, I mean, I honestly always get into this in these interviews, but it's like I don't envy the younger people because I remember in my day, it was like it was fun to get to 5 o'clock on Friday and not that at GM the whistle blows, but whatever, but you would be leaving and you'd kind of like clock out and that, there was nothing greater than that. You go to have happy hour on Friday and it's like you don't have... Maybe at times you would, but generally speaking, you wouldn't have to think about it till seven o'clock on Monday morning. And that's know. that's that's the average life, but the life of a business owner is we never stop never, thinking never. about it. Well, nowadays nobody does because it's no. the, on the phone, it's wherever you but know. The business is my first baby, and my daughter likes to say she's my second, that's and my right. son's the third. Right, so exactly. It just is what it is. Because you had the business so long ago, you know. And you are working every day, because mm -hmm. I had to do the books on the weekends and all that. So, um, and then later, I can't remember when it was, but I have another degree at Oakland University. Okay. So I did the CFP. And all oh, that. that was, so you're the CFP. Okay, so yeah. that does certainly segregates you from most, a lot of them, you know, kind of thing. We're different. Honestly, we're different for a couple of reasons, okay. but one is we're independent. So okay. we own our book of business. We're not under any umbrella with an insurance company or a wirehouse. So that certified financial planner. Um, I took all the classes. Okay. I don't use that title now. Okay. So just to be, but, but we are independent. We own our own business. We own our own book. If I was at Prudential, I was employee of Prudential. Right. They owned the book of business. Right. And then number two is we do a lot of 401k plans and a lot of companies wow. don't do that. I get referrals from other planners because I have I had an AIF when I was running the company and that's for 401k plans and okay. to right. um, you know sell those. So a lot of Planners don't do 401k plans, but that's right. kind of what that's we what do. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah that's our so thing. Your that's our jam. Your competitors would be somebody like Fidelity or Prudential or Merrill Lynch? Yes. Wow. So you're kind of a, in that space. Yes. But you're a much smaller version of them. Yes. Kind of thing. And it's more boutique -y. It's mm -hmm. Clients come to us. We know their name. We answer our own phone. And some people like them. that. Some yes. people like that. If you go with yeah. a bigger wirehouse or something you're not going the to only problem and i don't want to even imply this because i'm you know i'm not with you saying this with you but once in a while and i've actually known people personally known people you know what i'm going to say who got in with somebody who was a small person smaller independent and boom it's like either they went bust or they were you oh. know oh i knew someone well our mutual friend who i won't say but also knew a person, we knew a person, Gross Point, who was a very um, prominent individual. And I don't know, I never knew the details, but they lost, they had to sell their home on Lake St. Clair. I mean, it was, people who know who I'm talking about, but they're both passed because away now. Because their business now. went out, you're Somehow saying? Somehow, the, the, their, their planner either went went under or took the money. My, my impression was that they, it was fraud kind of wow. thing. Wow. That was my impression of them. We don't, we're not saying the name, so. But yeah, it's just, see, I've always been really careful. Of course, being in GM, we had certain people. We had, you know, like Charles Schwab and different people like that. And that's how I came along. 
I you know, hear you. I to hear you. To use that. And I always, but anything can happen. But I just know that some of those, and I'll tell you another person, I, I, well, I don't want to say this, it was in the news, was Sergey Fedorov. He was my neighbor years ago, yes. just right down the road here. And um, he got into some sort of thing. And he did get in with, uh, I do. And I I won't say which organization. Okay, I don't I remember. Was, I was so. in with, um, I got a referral to one of the sports teams here in Michigan. And I was going to teach them classes. And they said, you know what? If you sell products, we can't have you teach classes because um, apparently whoever taught classes the year before took a lot of money and lost it for everybody. That was, was his person? You and think, or... I'm not sure, but I... Okay. Um, it, it was just interesting. It was so it really happens. That was that scared me really because, like I said, he was my neighbor over when I was um, live right near where we're sitting. But it was like, and he was, and then there was some other implication. I think I don't want to speak for him, but I knew that he had some family members. I think got tied up or something. But it was a, it was around the same time that the other people in Gross Point had gotten. Scam, if you want to call it scammed or whatever. That's too bad, um, and it does happen in a lot of businesses. In we, any business, We've yeah. been around 38 years. People know well, me. People they know, know where you. I live. I think that's the main thing. Um, they don't know where you live, right? It, it is more personal. They could yeah. find where I live. I mean, no, it is sure. what it is. Sure. But and in today's world, it's, everything's, you know, but it's scary. It's very scary. Money's scary for people. It's Money's emotional. Money's very emotional. The psychology degree I... I obtained over at Wayne State was very helpful because people have ideas about money and they have no idea where that came from. But if you had parents that hated their jobs and they came home every night and they just crabbed about their job and about money, that's tough. Mm -hmm. um, that's what they learned what money was. And so they have this negative attitude toward money. Or you know of people that got ripped off. so. Can I blame you that you might have some distrust? Right, right. right. I mean, that's very common. Right. Um, I've had 401k meetings. I had one guy, he had his arms crossed, and he says, you know, this company's not matching, so I'm not going to put any money in. And I said, okay, well, you can go. And he goes, well, I thought I had to stay here. I said, no, we don't. We don't need you right. to stay. This is all on you. Bye. Right, exactly. I said, but I'm going to tell you something. The fact that you're not saving is nobody's fault but your right. own. You're the one that has to take responsibility for your own retirement one day. Right. Your company spent time and money to offer this 401k, and just because they can't afford to match you, you're going to say no. you're not going to put money away. Okay, you can make that choice, but that's not your company's fault. That's right. on you. And he said, well, and I said, so if you change your mind and you want to save some money, just call me anytime. And it's funny because he was pretty negative, and I just... Quite frankly, I just wanted to get him out of the right, room. Right, sounds like And um, everyone else said, oh, he's always crabby and that type <laughs> of thing. But what was funny about the whole thing is I, we'd come back every year and we teach financial literacy courses. Because what I had found is over 90% of the people I've met in my career during 401k enrollment meetings is a lot of people do not know anything about money. Their parents didn't teach them. That's, I think you, that's a key thing that you say. The right only now. reason, and I, I know we haven't gotten there yet, but the only reason I wrote my book is because it's kind of a legacy project. It's for all those people that they're working hard, but they really have no idea how to make more money, do better mm -hmm. with their money. Mm -hmm. it, it's, 
I had great parents, but when I got licensed at age 24, they came to me and said, can we retire? Because we have no idea. And I was shocked. I yeah. thought, wow, I thought you would know this. Right. Um, so you can, right. have, you can have great parents, but they just don't know better to teach you anything about money. Well, I, I know just people in the community and stuff, and these wouldn't, wouldn't be GM or Ford people, but it's like, it's just phenomenal how, I don't, and I don't want to use the word naive, but I'll use the word naive. That's not a bad word. That's a, kind of a good word. Um, but, and I'm talking about some individuals, I have a certain person in, in mind, that, I mean, they live a high lifestyle that would be equivalent of super prominent people and flaunting it. And I'm talking, you know, several homes, trips, you know, to the islands. I mean, just yeah, high end. every vehicle, them, their kids, top line. And it's like, but I had thought that they were, yeah, I knew some of their um, professions. And I knew that it was good, but not fabulous. Like they weren't Dan Gilbert, you know. Yeah, it didn't but match, did didn't it? Didn't match. Okay. And it's like, they just keep rolling along. And it's, it's like, they'll make comments this one person would make comments like, oh, you know, like you just said, if I can retire, well, I don't know when I can retire. And then they'll say that like it's someone else's fault. And they don't, I don't think even match that this is the lifestyle they live. Yeah. They're maybe, you know, like 60 years old. Oh, and wow. I don't think even thinking about, you know, oh, well, we have this incredible lifestyle. I mean, a very high lifestyle. But not even thinking, you know, it's not that far down the road, plus kids, a kid in college and stuff. And it's like, you just look at it. The thing that bothers me being a, a retiree, a young, very young when I retired, like 52. But it's like, they're like, oh, you're so lucky. It's not luck. No. You know, that's, that's a real pet peeve for me and, uh, and other people. It's like, you know, you make choices, Correct. you know, kind of thing. So this is interesting you bring that up. Uh, two things. One is, maybe these people, maybe, mm -hmm. they grew up in that environment. They're mm -hmm. used to spending that much money. Mm -hmm. They really don't know better. Mm -hmm. And no one's really explained how it works to retire. Mm -hmm. what, what everybody's trying to do, mm -hmm. I don't care what income you're at, mm -hmm. is you're trying to build up enough money so that you can replace your income. Right. So you don't have to work anymore. Right. And, and that's a, really the bottom that's line. That's exactly it. And I think a lot of people, they don't, just don't even they think just that They just don't far. know that. They, yeah. And I, in this particular case, I don't think it's that they grew up that way. I think it's just almost like a delusion, to be honest with you. The reason Some I say grew up that way is mm -hmm. I grew up in a thousand square foot home, mm -hmm. six kids, two were special needs. Wow. So, and my parents worked very hard. And my mom started working at Sears. Mm -hmm. um, but she'd do it in the afternoon so that when my dad got home, she would go work. Here's my point. I'm not, I'm used to not going on vacations. Mm -hmm. I don't go to the islands. Mm -hmm. um, so what I mean by someone might have grown up traveling like that mm -hmm. and living a nice higher lifestyle. And so they're used to it. And that's what they're used to doing mm -hmm. where I didn't grow up mm -hmm. having oh, that. Oh, I see what you mean. And suddenly now over the years, and it took me many years before I started to really make money, but I didn't need anything. So it was easier, I think, for me yeah, to save money see, yeah. than someone else. Mm -hmm. I had a couple, it's kind of interesting, this is way back in the day, um, and this was big money, I'm talking a good 25 years ago. Oh, okay. And they each made 50 grand a year. Okay. They both worked at a big company. Mm -hmm. And I said, wow, you know, if you could save one income and live off the other, 
you could probably retire early. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh. And I said, think about it because it starts adding up and it starts compounding. And they did do that. And it's funny because they lived very modestly and they became millionaires wow. just by... Yeah, I totally believe that. Yeah. Right. Just making good choices. So it's achievable. Making choices. And the book goes a little deeper than just about investments. It talks about, for instance, your attitude about money. Mm -hmm. So I started out saying attitude. You have an attitude about money, whether you know it or not. Mm -hmm. It's whatever you, maybe from your experiences in life, that sort of thing. Um, the other, the next chapter is more about cash flow. And when I do presentations to people, what's kind of fun is it's all about them. So they're mm -hmm. not sitting there just listening to me. You know, I said, okay, what do you have so coming up? So it's interactive. Yes, yeah, so I'll like say, that, what do you have yeah. coming up in the next year? Do you have enough money for that? What do you have coming up in the next five years? Oh, I might want a, a new car. I want to buy a house. Maybe they have little kids they want to save for college. And then I say, well, the retirement's your third bucket. You don't want to touch that. So that's a big mistake a lot of people do is they'll, oh, yeah. they'll use their oh, 401k yeah. like as a savings plan. Oh, yeah. I'm like, no, oh, yeah. no, no. Oh, you just yeah. kiss that goodbye, pretend it's not there and move on. So some of these habits, people simply don't know better. I'm mm -hmm. not criticizing them at all. Mm -hmm. They just don't know. No yeah. one ever taught them. So pivoting to your book. So you, for the book, you basically just sit down and kind of um, put these learnings together. So talk about that whole leg I, I did kind of a chronological said. Like we attitude said, about money, mm -hmm. cash flow, teaching your kids how to invest and save money. So every time I do a 401k meeting, I'd say, how many of you know how to save money? And a few people raise their hand. I said, now how many of you have invested money before? I, I, I got less than 5%. That's that amazing. That's amazing. So that means 95% of the people I'm meeting are, don't know how to invest. They just never were taught. So I talk about investing. I talk about building portfolios according to what your risk is. I talk about teaching your kids how to invest how to teach your kids or groom them to meet people so they can find a decent career, whether it's college or not. If, if you have a child that's very creative, mm -hmm. um, then, then go introduce mm -hmm. them to graphic artists. Mm -hmm. If you have a child that might be terrible at math, I make, I, this is all in fun, but I make fun of lawyers because lawyers are very smart people and a lot of them didn't like math. Right. But do you want right. to be a litigator? Are you good at acting? Maybe mm -hmm. you were in, in drama in high school. Mm -hmm. are, you, are you more numbers like a tax attorney? Are you really more of a researcher that's quiet? Or are you maybe an advocate for special needs? Mm -hmm. In other words, every type of career has different personalities. Mm -hmm. And when you give your child a chance to talk to different mm -hmm. people in their mm -hmm. careers, mm -hmm. it opens them up to more mm -hmm. and they start to think about what they want to do. That's so important, even aside from the money issue. But you know what they say, if you do something you love, I think Trump says this, if you do something you love, you never work a day in your life. It's true. And that, that is a huge thing because so many people, you know, fit a square peg in a round hole and Oh my God, there's so many, like you said, your friend Did was Did you a, love your job? Because I love well, my job. mine so. is a long story. I, at times, in the General Motors, I started in the finance staff. I was in a very, man, I'm not bragging about this, but I was a very prestigious internship when mm. I was 19 years old. Oh my goodness. And I was at Notre That's Dame. Young. And it was, you know, I didn't appreciate it at all, and that's on me. But then, long story, I was back at Notre Dame, and then I came back to GM. I actually went to Ford and then to GM. But... 
both Ford and GM, the finance staffs, there's huge staffs in the companies. Finance is one, uh, manufacturing, of course, engineering, but I was in finance. And, you know, you just had to find a specific role, and it could be fine, it could be good, but I was very lucky, and this was absolute serendipity, <laughs> but I knew Debbie Dingle, I'll just say that, everybody knows I work for Debbie, but I got into the um, lobbying area, and then into the GM Foundation, and I loved it at first. Long story short, the problem with, not the, the lobbying was actually more fun, and believe it or not. Yeah, and I'm clueless about all that foundation stuff. Foundation work, in any, whether it's company or uh, private foundations or whatever, it's a, and a lot of people, I want to write a book on this and I just haven't been disciplined enough to do it. But it's just a really funny business because there's a lot of sharks in that business, more so than the financial planning business. Sharks, capital sharks. I'm not saying everybody, but I'm saying that even in, let's say if you took animals or whatever, the subject, it could be breast cancer. I mean, but you've just got, because people know how to bob and weave, they know how to tap dance. It's hard to even describe it. And you net, the bottom line to me is you never know who your friends are. You never really know. See, I, I have die. a hard time yeah, with die. that because I'm. Um, what you see is I'm what you get. I'm simple. I, yeah, I'm very simple. I'll say what I'm thinking for people. Oh yeah. Even if, even if, say the market's down, I talk clients. Say, yep, we're down, and this is what you need to do. You need to hang on. And I was always very upfront and honest. Um, I'm not sure I could do that. I'll yeah, be you, you would be unhappy, probably a lot of people, because a lot of times well, with I that trust business, everybody well, you just so so did I. <laughs> but then you get you get real smart real quick, though, because and, and like I said, I don't want to be like. I don't you know, think I could navigate that. Though. It's like, really difficult to navigate. Mm -hmm. It really is, and you just don't know. But now if we've got just a few minutes left. The time has flown by today. Um, I wanted to ask you, now you were involved with the Troy Chamber, is that right? Or yes. Was that, okay, talk a little about that and then, yeah. Um, we belong to the Troy Chamber, which we absolutely love. It's a great okay, opportunity a to meet other, yeah. other um, professionals. Yeah, and other business owners. We, Bloomfield, Birmingham Chamber. Oh yeah, that's. And also the Royal Oak Chamber. So okay. we belong to all three. And we belong to SBAM, which is Small Business Association of Michigan. These are all business owners. And then I'm certified women business owner, which is WeBank. So they're all business owners. And that that's I, the one you won the big thing with. No, um, that someone nominated Florida. me, and okay. that enterprise so came women out of business, the left field yeah. for me. But that was a great group of people too. They looked fun down oh, there. Oh my gosh! Water, yeah. Amazing mm -hmm. women. Very, very nice. Now, did you? This is kind of pivoting to something else, but I've had good friend of mine, and several of my good friends are in a group here called NABO. Have you ever been in that? Yes, I have. And I was National Association. pretty active on it. Oh, I, was on I didn't their know board. that. Oh my God, no kidding. Um, no. We just ran out of time. Like, yeah. I just didn't they have time do a to lot. hold everything. They do a lot. Um, They're a great organization. They are, though. yeah. I don't they want do to cut so them much. short. I just, yeah, they do a lot. We yeah. just can only join so much. Well, there's that's the point, though. There's so many of those. Oh, yeah. And then there's... Um, well, because people always get that mixed up with NABO, and there's another one I can't remember now. But and then there's Inforum. That's that used to be the Women's Economic Club. It used to be Women's Economic Club. I remember Club. that. There's yeah. a Women's Presidents Organization. Oh there's, yes, there's tons. That's just local, and yes. then the national uh, organizations. So there's you know, people listening to this. If you're a business owner, there's plenty of places to meet other owners, and if you can't say afford coaching and you want help with someone. 
um, meeting other owners, we're always helping each other. Nice. Well, so we've got, I think on the screen, they're going to have your phone number, your website, and then I'm going to put this up. One more time. Oh, that's nice. For the Thank car, you. for the because I want to. Yeah, I can't wait to read it because, you know, you can never know too much about money and investing. For the record, it's very simple. It's really just getting people that's motivated good, and started. Makes you think about things. At right? the retirement, you'll like because it goes through. Are you ready to retire? How do you know mm -hmm. you've been retired? But you might read through it and say, I can oh, always learn. I've always got oh, my brain open for yeah, learning. Yeah. Well, Jill, thank you so much for being this here today. This has been a pleasure. Thank this you for having me. This has been so fun. I may have a follow-up because we really didn't even cover half the stuff. Right? I know. We got to talking. We got to but talking, that's but that's awesome. what people want. And I think that's so interesting because you've had such a phenomenal career and it's still going strong. Oh, so, we're having yeah. fun. I'm having fun. We're having fun. fun. Okay. Well, thanks, Jill. Thank and you. And thank you for watching.